0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next
1: adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector, and you're listening to a working class bow hunter you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is a podcast for billy joe Lunchbucket, bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in hey this is
0: melissa bachman you're listening to working class bow hunter stay tuned and listen to them every week
2: hey guys this is jared scheffler from whitetail adrenaline tune in to the working class bow hunter podcast it's really really not that good
3: Oh, all right. Here we are, episode thirty-one. It's super, super, duper hot in the Buckatorium here. Sixteen hundred bucks, Slayer place. It's really not that Sherrard hot in here, Illinois. It's really hot if you're overweight and bearded and have long hair. But uh, thirty-one episodes. Uh, I guess we've finally run out of steam, so we're gonna we're gonna keep chomping away at the bit. Uh, to Second, ep-
0: to- our second episode this week, and we actually have another episode. I think we're going to do a third. tomorrow, so we're going to do three again. We took a week off. We did four of the week. We're uh, going
3: to try and knock as many out, so we don't have to do this during hunting season. But uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a very, very cool guest with us, and when I mean he's cool, if I take his name, like this dude, like I just want to give him all my lunch money. I mean, like that, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, that dude's that cool. I'm like, yeah, dude, off his like,
0: name, huh?
4: Uh, uh,
3: you could marry all my sisters. I don't care. You have that cool of a name.
4: How many sisters you got,
0: Steve?
3: I got one that's single right now, but
4: oh, all
0: right. Well, she looks exactly like Steve with like a blonde <laughs> wig. That's why she's still single. <laughs> oh. Oh, your poor sister.
3: Ah, that's all right. Uh let's uh let's go ahead and introduce our guest. He's he's been on hold. He uh, he's calling us via payphone here. Uh <laughs> from uh from Killcliffe Energy Drinks here and uh Re- recovery. recovery drinks, I'm sorry, and uh, protein bars here. We've got Baker Levitt.
1: How you doing,
2: Baker? How's it going, guys? I'm good, man. Good, good. I've never heard someone say that my name made them feel like they needed to give me their lunch money. Like it's, <laughs> I've never heard that. It's a it's a Southern thing. Like I'm from Georgia, born and raised, and like you you'll meet a lot of people or hear a lot of people from the South with strange names or last names. I actually have three last names. My name is Baker Black Levitt so it's just three last names compiled into one name and it's been interesting
0: well just so you know if you want you can date steve's sister um
2: i heard that i heard and that is generous (laughs) i also said that heard that she looks like steve i don't even know what steve looks like well get (laughs) on our facebook
0: and then you might never ever want to talk to us ever again i am the most
3: gorgeous man in this room (laughs) on talking into a blue microphone right now that's
0: the only guy talking into the blue microphone, um, so that just lets you know where we're at. Um, thanks for doing the show, man.
2: <laughs> Thank, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Well, we appreciate uh, it. So, what's nice, up?
2: Beautiful day here in Seattle, uh, opening day of early goose season.
0: Yeah, and, I heard you uh, went hunting this morning.
2: I did. How'd I did? that go? I was. I mean, it went it went. You know, but we were out there. We all had the right. We all had on our nice stick camo Layout lines freshly cut barley field, um, layout blinds were covered, uh, uh, perfectly decoys were perfect, except there were no geese. So, you know,
4: <laughs> that could be a problem.
3: Ah, well, you follow the, uh, follow the barley and that's where the uh, geese are.
2: Yeah. Well, the problem was the, the field was cut yesterday, so they haven't had time to uh, find it yet. And also it's heavy, heavy fog this morning, which is rare for up here. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, but the guys in the field, the guys at two fields down, put the boots to them. We just, we were the guys that were just, you know, we were practicing, you know.
0: So you didn't see any geese at all, huh?
2: Oh uh, no, we we had one group. We had a we had a, a barred up spec, one beautiful fly right in front of us. But you, you know, we can't. We've we can only shoot Canada's right now, and then, um, just the fog was so bad they didn't see our decoys and they were. They were hitting uh, the couple, two fields down, and those guys were just crushing them. Oh,
0: well, at least you got to enjoy the great outdoors, right? Be, be optimistic. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's Seattle, you know, and it was a beautiful day and beautiful morning. And hanging out with my buddies, and, you know, it's always that's always a good thing. Like, I don't care what, what you-, you got going on in life or, you know, any stressors or any of that stuff, man. You get outside. Yeah, like that, and the friends, they start cutting up like you can't beat it. Hell, especially
0: on a Thursday, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't beat that like a during the week hunt. Wow. Oh, it's the did best. You, now, did,
3: mm. you, did you go enjoy some of those barley crops later? You know, when they're.
2: <laughs> <laughs> make some beer while I was out there. Um, but yeah, it was a. It... Go ahead.
3: Oh, no, I'm just thinking. What a great day that would be goose hunting and making beer on the same day. Goose Island beer. There is probably nothing more American than that. Well, I can think exactly. of like three things. Well, like but. Bald Eagles, Ted Nugent. Hey, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So.
3: Throwing tea in a harbor. Yeah, that, that's pretty American. But yeah, it's right <laughs> up there.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. So, for our listeners who are wondering, what the heck is Killcliff? Can you kind of give us a quick rundown or a super detailed rundown, whatever you feel like doing?
2: All uh, right. So, we have three products. Our first product is a recovery drink. Um, Long story short, you know, Todd, Todd's a former CEO and Todd was in Buds. Um, they were, you know, back in the nineties, early nineties, they were pumping 800 milligrams of caffeine and like tons and tons of sports drinks into those guys throughout the day Mm -hmm. to fight inflammation. And he thought there's got to be a better way to do this. And so, you know, he got out of the teams in 1997 or 1998 and then went, uh, you know, started a couple of businesses and, you know, successful business guy, and um you know the years went by, and nine eleven happened, and all of his friends that were still in the teams went off fighting war and terror. And you know Todd, you know, has people that are obligated to him for their paychecks and their jobs and stuff. And so he, he he wanted to go back in. He was about to, and then realized that if he went back in, he'd be abandoning people here that needed him.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
2: And then fast forward to 2008, and that's when he started messing around with the formula for the drink. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's it
2: kind of – and then 2011, um, I'm sorry, 2011, that's when he made the drink. And he and I crossed paths May 23rd of 2011. Uh, Coke was started in January of 2011 and, you know, off to the races. So basically he wanted to create a – a drink that was like, an, like a motion in a can, for lack of a better way to describe it, mm-hmm. um, without doing a lot of tech talk. It's not a miracle pill. We don't make any claims. Um, and you drink it, you feel better. That's, that's, you know, uh, that's kind of our, our deal. And then we, then our next product we came up so we had four flavors of recovery drinks, tasty, double awesomeness, free fall, and very legit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we came out with with protein bars, um, high protein, no sugar, uh, low carb. And then we just launched our cold brew coffee.
0: See, that's where yeah. I'm like, ooh, man, that that perked my interest the that's most. That's an
3: uh, every morning drink right there. Uh,
2: it is the only shelf-stable cold brew coffee that does not need to be refrigerated in the world.
0: Really? Ooh.
2: In the world. So you can so take that with I was in Alaska ya. recently. Yeah, you take it anywhere. I was just in Alaska and they don't have cold brew coffee in Alaska for that reason. Because <laughs> most cold brew coffee most cold brew coffee is shelf stable for ten to thirty days.
3: Sure. And oh, shipping yeah.
2: shipping stuff to Alaska you have to put on a boat. And it's normally ten to two week transit time. Mm. Best case scenario. So by the time they would get some of this cold brew coffee it would already be expired.
0: So everyone so, up in Alaska is drinking Killcliff cold brew coffee or you know They're about
2: to, it's on the way. Yeah, because I that mean is...
0: that's really all they can get, which good for you guys. <laughs> I'm really
3: hoping to start seeing episodes of Alaska State Troopers, and instead of them getting busted for various other things, they just they're like, "Officer, I'm I'm super polite, and I have this cold brew coffee. Would you like some?" And then it explodes, and you guys make millions of bucks.
2: <laughs> and it's, it's, and they're, then people are going to be trying to bribe police officers with it. Oh yeah. man.
4: You'll have to get some of that stuff to those yeah, uh, so, da- deadliest catch guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No. No doubt. Yeah. That, that, shows, that shows. kind of insane. Like that's not something. Like I'm all about life experiences, but like I don't foresee myself or have any desire to get spend thirty days out in the Bering Sea.
0: No, One no, no, no. I work on the Mississippi River, and that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I,
2: the, um,
3: I rarely take showers. That's way too much water moving too fast for me. I'm
2: not, <laughs> yeah, it, it it just looks insane, you know. So
0: it sounds I'll like my, with that. It it sounds like Kill Club has like good formula for outdoors mm-hmm. st- lifestyle people. You know, you got your the bars you can eat when you're out there. Hunting elk, and you're out there camping, and you got your your drinks you can throw in your pack. You don't have to really refrigerate it, and you're good to go. Yeah, you're I mean, out there
3: falling asleep in a tree stand, and you don't need to refrigerate this. You know, you can yep. grab. Well, if you're I, hunting
0: Illinois, it's typically freezing cold anyway, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, man, it's the best. The cold
2: brew coffee is is it's not iced coffee. Cold brew coffee is a the, the the we use arabica beans instead of robusta beans. Okay, arabica beans are bigger, better. They're souped-up, higher-quality beans,
1: mm-hmm. and it, we,
2: it's a 24-hour soaking process, and then it goes through the process of turning it into a coffee tub. It, uh, it gets, it, there's no, like, waste. It's all the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Gotcha.
2: Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've sat in a deer stand in Georgia many times, you know. Uh, every time I go into the stand uh, or hunting for big game, I take one with me. And every time we drank cold brew coffee this morning in the duck line, you know, or goose in the goose line, and um, – and then, you know, it's a quick, it's a great snack. You know, it's very satiating. It's very filling the bars. So, you yeah. know, we had one of those. They're easy to pack, you
0: know. Well, I mean, right away, the first things that pop into my mind are, you know, when you're just hunt, it's, you know, it's you're a month in the hunting season and you're, you're getting worn out because you're going all the time. You're kind of just feeling that wear and tear from moving sets, adjusting everything as you're going along. That'd be the perfect thing for like a midday pick-me-up while you're in the stand or even at work midday you start Absolutely. to get tired you can just crack one of those babies open and get you through the rest of your day and you know and it's That's, probably a better alternative than to what other people are drinking you know what i mean so yeah
2: there's souped up energy drinks that are full of sugar and all that other kind of craziness one thing about hunting that like i i, I talked to you know my friends about they're like i don't understand you know it's like listen hunting is exhausting
0: it really is and
2: they're like well, I mean, if, if you're if you're western hunting, yeah, you're hiking up and down mountains. It's physically exhausting. But what people don't understand about hunting is when you're out in a stand, you're you're 100 on.
1: Oh, All your yeah. senses
2: are firing. All your mentally, it's mentally exhausting. You know, just being alert yep. for that long. You know, and you're trying to will things into your eyesight. You know, it's like I think I see something. Yeah, shit, no, it's not. That's nothing.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, you
2: just you're constantly you know just trying to will stuff. You know, and um, it uh. People don't understand that, but yeah, so that, so our recovery drinks have 25 milligrams of caffeine, which midday is the perfect amount of caffeine. A, a diet soft drink has 47 milligrams of caffeine. Mm. Um, so it's just a little tiny shot in the arm. There's no sugar, so you don't get like, you know, uh, a, a sugar rush. Um,
0: You're not, like so shaking yeah, all
2: crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then the energy drinks and stuff that people drink, like those things are. Those are not good. Like I mean, because you're constantly chasing that artificial stimulant. Hacks it's got so much stuff in it. Yep. And then you've got the um, the insulin spike from all the sugar. And then you have a subsequent insulin crash. So the way to solve that is to drink another one. So it's kind of like a drug addict. You know, they're constantly chasing that high throughout the day. Dude, and I'll, and I'll be the, the, the first day day. person
0: to say that, too, because I quit energy drinks maybe about – it's might be about six months ago now. And I used to drink a Monster every morning, yeah. every morning before work, every morning before I would go hunting. And sometimes I would drink two in the morning and – a quick story-'cause the first thing that popped to my mind when you were talking about the milligrams of caffeine and the you know the sugar buzz that you get from energy drinks my one of the very first three d shoots that i ever that I ever shot I drank a monster right before it, and I could not hold steady at all and I felt so sick, it was hot out and I never again will I drink an energy drink before I'm gonna go shoot my bow, never well, ever you remember that first
4: shoot yeah, you
2: used
0: the shake the first shoot I did with you guys.
4: I had drank a uh, other brand of energy drink. Go ahead, say it. Say no, it, you know, no, I'm not gonna no, don't I'm say not gonna it. call him out, but <laughs> I had taken a double, you because know, I woke up, came to the shoot, wanted to be focused. That was their main thing on focus. Yeah. And I get there and man, I'm like shaking. I'm telling Kurt, like, man, I took a double of this energy drink and I'm like Super shaky. I, I need to like chill out before I shoot anymore. See you
0: know? the specific drink you're talking about doesn't that makes it doesn't bug me? But then again, I don't do a double before yeah. I go shoot my bow where I have to hold steady. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, there was a i i i got, i got I, I don't want to get too off topic, but other energy drinks that are out there. Yeah, I mean, I've done that before where I've I've woke up and I was on my way to the tree stand. Well, I know I've got a 40 minute drive ahead of me, so yeah, I can get. One of the store brands, you know, the Red Bull or whatever. But I remember there was one time. That Red Bull is liquid garbage. It is <laughs> terrible. I don't suggest it to anybody. But then, like, I saw this guy, and he came in, and he had a he had a Rockstar Energy shirt, a Rockstar Energy hat, and he was buying four Rockstar Energy drinks, and I'm like. That's probably not good for you, man. No, you're like, how
2: do you need that much caffeine?
0: I work third shift, man. I gotta stay up. You drive,
2: and it's not, it's not so much the caffeine that's bad. It's it's all the other stuff in there combined with all with that super dose of caffeine. And Mm -hmm. like I said, with all the sugar in it, you have an insulin spike. So
1: Mm.
2: you got sugar. And then you, and, but then here's, it's a combo because now you also have a, an artificial stimulant spike.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
2: So you got two things shooting you up to the moon and then they both, you get a crash out of both of them. So it's not just like a sugar crash or like a caffeine crash. It's you're getting a double whammy of that. So the only way to solve that problem is to drink another one. And that's kind of the recipe for that stuff. Yeah. more, and more, and more.
0: Like you said, you can get it. It's almost like you could get addicted to it really. I mean,
2: yeah, it's, it's, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. You get used to that, 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 that rush, there are, you know, and then it's habit forming too. And then, then you become, yeah. you start to like, you know, psychologically dependent on all that stuff. And anything, sure. anything done, anything in moderation is fine, you know. Yeah. Like there's a purpose for everything, you know. Yeah, that's and, true so, You know, and
0: like you can get addicted to cheeseburgers if you, if you wanted to, <laughs> you know, like, but
2: I, that'd be a I'm great addiction. 10, I'm five ten, two hundred and thirty pounds. I fight that addiction daily. It's a struggle, man.
3: It's a struggle. <laughs> hey, my man, I'm five eight, two seventy. We're close.
2: Yeah, there you go. You know, we we know each other's how it feels, man. Oh yeah.
3: Uh, here's the, here's the thing I'm upset about your product here, uh, Baker. I'm looking at the nutrition facts. Fifteen calories. That can't do. Put a couple zeros behind that. Uh, I'm not seeing any uh, any corn syrup. What's going on with that? No,
2: no sugar. No sugar.
3: I'm seeing milk thistle, vitamin E. Uh, You know, where I went, Illinois. We need to see more corn syrup and everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) That's exactly
2: what we need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. So when does when does your hunting season
3: start?
0: October first. October one. For for Uh, deer, I
3: have jury
4: duty probably that week. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I have a uh, wedding October third, so uh you know where my thoughts are on that. But uh
4: yeah, me and right. Eric me and Eric are on shutdown, so we'll be out there.
2: So- yeah, we've got our our uh bow for um deer is open, bear with a rifle's open now, and then elk open Saturday, so I'm going elk hunting um this weekend over in eastern Washington, so yeah, I mean, it's man. living in Washington's cool, man. There's a ton of cool stuff up here. The game laws are really interesting and kind of difficult to understand, and like you know, you got draws and permits and units and all the application processes and all that stuff. But the things that we have over the counter up here are awesome.
0: See, Washington's one of those states <laughs> where I've always wanted to like get out there and just see it because I just it's I heard it's just beautiful.
3: My girlfriend gorgeous. was born just uh just north of you guys, and uh. Surrey, except that's a, a whole different land up there. They've got different rules. Yeah. Canada, oh, yeah, Canada for sure. yeah, but she lived in Seattle yeah. for a, a while, and I've always wanted to go to Seattle because I hear it's the food capital of the world. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of funny. You got a you know a, a very nutritional drink that you know you're slinging, but yet the amount of restaurants that <laughs> Sl- are up there slinging uh, <laughs> how many how many restaurants. Yeah, around you
1: how
2: many what restaurants what a
0: places, great question on a hunting podcast steve
2: well yeah, you know. so, yeah, the food <laughs> up here is the food up here is really good um there's a, t- a huge agricultural uh component to living up here so our duck property is up in the skagit valley and there's just tons and tons of agriculture up there. there's a lot of like uh you know a lot of farms and like all you know and then you've got the you know Fishing and crabbing and everything really fresh. Great sushi.
0: Oh, I yeah, can't imagine. Seafood here. up there. That's yeah. my, oh, oh yeah. That's great, yeah. So you guys have yeah, moose, elk, us. moose, elk, blacktail? Or uh, You guys are a blacktail yeah. country up there, right?
2: Well, so Washington is divided by the Cascades. So Western Washington is obviously west of the Cascades, and Eastern Washington is on the other side of the Cascades. Eastern Washington is very similar to Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Mm-hmm, yeah. So in eastern Washington we have whitetails and we have mule deer. Oh
1: yeah. On okay. west
2: in western Washington we have blacktail. Um Man, it is that's awesome. It is um Western and Eastern Washington night and day. Totally different. Um really no similarities. One's high plains, uh, you know, and then the other one is just you know disinterested. Is there quite it's a bit, bit of
0: public land out there to hunt?
2: Oh my god. That's all there is. Really? See, that's
0: the thing like, you know, be, we're Illinois boys here, so it's kind of like But
3: uh, but uh, over in Iowa, it's the exact opposite. Like over in Illinois, you know, you can't really find
0: But for a non-resident to hunt Iowa it's pretty difficult. And I don't know what it's like for a non-resident to hunt Washington, but that's easy. it is easy cuz that's the thing like I yeah. just want to get out to a western state, man, even if I don't kill anything and just go for it and because, I mean, it would be cool to go in and get a tag for it. Do you guys have antelope in Washington also, or is that kind of getting out of No.
2: There? So, what you as an, as an out-of-state resident, you can come in and buy a combo tag for black bear, elk, and cougar. And
1: <laughs> wow. It, really?
2: It's, yeah, it's like $900. bucks. Um, See, that's a- and then I don't know what out-of-state is for, for deer. But, like, so, I grew up in Georgia,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I I've hunted public lands in the state of Georgia twice in my entire life. Uh, once for for deer and hogs, and the other time was a, a quota hunt on one of the on Sapelo Island for for ducks. Um, and so, I mean, I, my family has farms in Georgia, and all my friends have private land. So, I mean, I grew up hunting all private land, like phenomenal private land. And then I moved to Washington, and in Georgia, you you go in and you buy a hunting license, and you get to shoot two bucks and ten does. See, just because yeah, the deer, popu- deer population yeah. is so huge. <laughs>
4: Ten does?
2: now you, in Washington, you can shoot one deer a year, and it you can shoot it's it's either going to be a white tail or muley or a black tail. Um, See, it's cool because you could
0: gun for something different every year. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, I think absolutely. is cool. You know, I would do that for three years. Like, okay, I got a I already have a white tail, yeah. so if I went out there, I'd go for muley or blacktail. And
2: yeah, so I'm the, I have um I just got access to a thousand acres. About 40 minutes from my house. that's just, you know, kind of oh, fell man. in my lap. sweetheart part deal. Um, and they just tons of blacktail. There's no, like, monsters there, but there's tons of legal bucks. And that's all I care about <clears throat> this year is just a legal blacktail buck. So what... And then, you know, and then next year, you know, I'll, you know, what, set uh, it up and...
0: How late does your hunting season last?
2: Okay, so that's, that's where it gets really tricky in Washington. So okay. in Washington... You have to declare for elk. You say bow, modern firearm, or muzzle loader, mm-hmm. and you and you have to declare that when you buy your license, which 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 weapon you're going to use, and that's the only weapon you can use.
1: Oh, really? And then
2: yeah, and then um, you declare Eastern Washington or Western Washington. So my oh. elk is archery, and that's Eastern Washington. Now I applied for a multi-season permit for deer. And I got that, which means I can hunt with a muzzle loader, a bow, or a rifle.
1: Mm-hmm. The
2: rifle season in Washington is a total of about nine days.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, but archery, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm an archery guy. So yep. I'll go after. Um, uh, I'm gonna, this year is a black tail, so I'm going to hunt for it, and I'm going to use my bow. <laughs> and then the awesome. bow season ends, if I don't get one with my bow, I'll probably switch over to muzzle loader. But muzzle loaders here has to have an open nipple which is strange. You know, the, the primer has to be open. It can't be uh, closed. closed. Yeah, and so I'll switch that. Now, black bear is with a rifle. So what I'll probably do is Monday I will hit the ground looking for a black bear with my rifle and then um, see kind of how that plays Man. out. But, um, you mentioned uh, yeah.
0: a legal blacktail, right? Was it yeah. four points per side or three points a side or something? Yeah,
4: can you explain, no, I can think you explain it, that? I think
2: it's, black tail is an inch above – horns an inch long above the head. Muley, oh, okay. it's, in white tail, it's got to be three on each side.
0: Gotcha. See, I would just so, like to come out there and try and get a bokeh with a black tail. So if I like, get yeah, non-resonant –
3: I'm looking at the black tail ads. They're,
0: they're neat. They're neat. Um, and in some areas, there's a fine line. Like I don't know if it's – it might be Washington or if it's – um. Oh, is it Northern California? You know, a, a buck can be a mule deer on one side of the interstate, then he crosses the interstate, and then he's a blacktail.
2: That's in Alaska. That's like Kodiaks, grizzlies, and brown bears in Alaska. I know that's the case. It's like With coastal a blacktail.
0: Inland is really yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. A black now a blacktail and a white tail and a mule deer are. It does. That's that would not. That's that's a different species. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's the same genus, but it's a different species. Um, the a, a blacktail looks, in my opinion, it looks like a, a mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it's got a. It's got it's got a it's got a little black tail on it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
3: Hence the name.
2: So, yeah. Do you and know- they don't get like a a, a a nice a nice black tail up here. In Washington If you were to compare it to A southern white tail Which I'm used to hunting You wouldn't Like If it were a white tail In the south it People would know you pass on it But they just don't get as big But there are some big black tails And I'll tell you this A big trophy black tail buck Is a beautiful animal
0: Yeah Oh yeah Well it's like darker hide really I mean They kind of have like That gray face of a muley But down into the hide It looks like it gets a little darker Yeah See, yeah,
3: and,
2: and, it, it's got more in common with a mule deer than it does a white
3: tail. Yeah, yeah, and and they gave uh, they gave rednecks like us in the Midwest a, a real easy pet. Well, Illinois, and Iowa. I mean, you know, we don't have muleys here. We just have. do You imagine how big tail. the
0: muleys would be, though, if they were here? Oh
3: yeah, they'd be giant. Well, Kansas, kind of. Well,
0: we're getting we're getting a little yeah yeah we're getting a little I mean, off topic just, well, on but it's but, but it's
3: kind of cool to talk about you know like like you're saying you know even it within your state. There's so much you have to understand. I mean, you got
0: to you know, know the laws, man
3: hunting here in Illinois and Iowa. And I'm sure with, uh, you know, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, Missouri. Well, Missouri's a little bit different, but yeah, we don't, we don't have that many critters running around. I mean, you know,
2: it's, it is. Listen, like I said, coming from Georgia, you buy one license and there's no application. <laughs> it's, it's so easy, Yeah. but here, here in Washington, it's, uh, it's complicated. It, I mean, it's difficult and it's, it's frustrating. I'll be honest with you. It, it takes a lot of work. But on the flip side of that, you know, like I always try to turn negative and frustrating things into assets, you know, and try and find a positive light in them. Yeah. What it does is it forces you to become a much more educated hunter.
1: Absolutely. Because you, can't just, sure.
2: you can't just buy a license and go hunt wherever you want, do all that stuff. Like, you have to know where you're going. You have to know the game laws. You have to know the areas that you're hunting, you have to know the property boundaries and GMU units and all that stuff and the application process, like, they hold you to it. So, and, like, and especially on that reporting here, like, I got called this year. He was like, the guy was like, yeah, you didn't fill out your blacktail I mean, your black bear uh, info thing. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you didn't submit your like, – they called me. And they're like, yeah, we just need you to submit it. I was like, I thought I did. I apologize. But just to kind of put it into perspective, guys – how much different game we have out here. Where's that thing? Um, I'm going to read you all. I'm going to read off to you everything that I applied for. <laughs> and that is available. Oh, we're upstairs to get my hunt That's available in Washington.
0: See, I'll have to look up what it takes to hunt in Washington as a non-resident. Because
3: that's no, it's not, easy. That's not a It's state. very easy.
0: Yeah, you yeah, don't that, have to build points or anything like that. Do you, is it kind of you apply and get like an do, over the counter?
2: You can get over the counter. You know, bear, um, elk, cougar. That's over the counter. Oh,
0: okay, I got you. I got you.
2: But um, like like moose, for example, you draw a moose tag in Washington once in a lifetime. Really, really? Yeah. Yep.
3: Wow. How many moose have you
2: seen up there? I've seen. I saw one turkey on this this spring. It was crazy, man. So, here's where I apply for this year, all right? Turkeys, bear, cougar, small game, migratory bird, elk, deer, elk, bear, cougar, combo, spe- special application bull elk, special application goat, special app lift moose, special app goat conflicted, any ram quality deer, antlerless deer, any moose quality elk, antlerless elk, buck deer, second deer, fall turkey, sheep, ewe. So, wow. Good
3: lord Almighty, what is that? Just at the Seattle Zoo, <laughs> you're going to <laughs> yeah of.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, it,
2: much, it's, it's nuts. How,
1: how much does that all here.
3: cost? Like, just to get that. How so, much, is is that what it like? Apply a typical... for all that.
2: Just to apply to yeah. so that was I went into the the, the uh, application, that was a hundred and thirty-seven bucks. Now wow. I drew, wow. I drew the special permit, I mean multi-season permit, and so I have deer, elk, bear, and cougar, which was ninety-three bucks. I got a migratory bird permit at sixteen, small game thirty-eight, and uh, I got. I shot my turkeys. So I've spent a total, that was 232 plus 137 is what I've got in licenses and all that stuff. Um, See,
0: that's not bad considering.
2: No. So with that, what I can shoot this year, a black bear, three turkeys, one deer,
0: and an elk. See, that's awesome, man. And
2: and ducks and geese. dust and geese.
0: I wish that Illinois had, like, elk or something. Because, you know, a massive elk would be. But uh, just where I'm like, screw this. <laughs> hey, did,
2: did
3: you see how he threw that in, by the way? I'm not going to let that slide. I think with all this
0: corn, dude, But I mean, they would farmers would die if oh, there was elk yeah. around here. But I, I just wish we had, like, another big game because... You just get burnt on whitetails. You're like God. I, like, this last year, I'm like, screw. Who is this? Kurt?
3: You get burnt on whitetail deer. No, you're
0: not hearing me here. I'm saying I hunted one buck so hard that I mentally was just done, and well, I hey, was you're like, mentally
3: done. You should have drank a Kill Cliff drink, and you would have been refreshed. Exactly. You're
0: we didn't. Ha- we didn't have the connection that we have now. Last. year. So there season. you go.
2: <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this. It goes back to me saying finding the the positive or the asset in any situation. Yep. If you can successfully hunt white-tailed deer with a bow, you can hunt and kill any animal on this planet.
4: I believe that for sure. Yeah, amen to that. Baker,
3: I, that. I want to call you out.
0: No, you know what I want to say? Find, let, me find add, the positive let me add Let me add a anything. change to okay. what he just said real quick. <laughs> right. If you can successfully kill a mature whitetail doe, you can kill yeah. anything on the planet. And I don't have hunted a whole lot of big game cuz I'm pretty sheltered in Illinois <laughs> due to my money pocket situation. But if you can kill a, a mature doe with a bow, you could probably kill anything I would imagine. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, if you can if you can hunt and, and and harvest a whitetail. Yeah. And I, and I mean hunt. And when I say hunt, I mean don't get lucky and go your, – your buddy did all the scouting work and all that stuff and, and put the stands up and all that stuff and said, <laughs> the wind's blowing this way. But if you can do all that on your own, you can successfully go out and take down anything.
0: Yep, I believe now, that.
3: Now, I still want to call you out because uh, I haven't forgot about this. You said you can find the positive in anything. I filed bankruptcy. Yep. Find the positive in that.
0: Boom. You didn't file Say
3: that again? I filed bankruptcy. uh uh-huh. Find me the positive in that.
0: Start fresh, man.
4: <laughs> Boom, there That's
3: it is. That's right. right with it. I love this guy. That's all
0: you needed, Steve.
2: <laughs> you hit listen, listen, dude, You hit the reset button. Take every opportunity. Ah. That's one of the best things. Listen, I I deal with a lot of successful, sophisticated business people over the course of my life. And, that, and there, that's one thing. And I used to be in real estate. And there's a lot of guys that I know that, that had to do that. That is one of the greatest tools, when used correctly, that this country has to offer its citizens. It is truly phenomenal. If someone can do, if if you have to do that, and feel sorry for yourself for about two days, and then start over, because that's what it's designed for. It's designed for a second chance. This is one of the only countries in the world where you actually get second chances. <laughs> Ladies, yeah.
3: ladies and gentlemen, I just want to state for the record, I did not file bankruptcy, but the fact that I said that and Baker came up with that answer, this is the realest human being you have ever listened to. <laughs> that is fantastic.
2: <laughs> Good Lord. That, that's, that's just how it works, man. Wow. I t- like, You just you got to find – so that's one of the things, like, uh, you know, about working, you know, for Todd, who you know, got started the company, and um, – and Chris, Chris was also Chris is the president of the company. Chris was also uh, you know, Chris was in a SEAL team six for um for eight years. And really? see that's awesome. Man. Oh yeah. And and, awesome. and you know, you, you listen to these guys and like, you know, they go through buds and you know, they can you know, think they can accomplish anything, you know, and it's just like, you know, cause a serial entrepreneur it's like, you know, jump. And we'll figure out how to work the parachute on the way down because we can accomplish anything. And,
0: <laughs> I like that.
2: That is a and um, you know and Chris Chris said there was he, he told me a story one time about a guy that was on his team that no matter how shitty the situation was, no matter how miserable they were, no matter how bad it was, the guy always would find the positive in it, and I'll never forget that as long as I live. So like, you just you you, you just got to do it because if you are not you know. Feeling sorry for yourself or – and let's say when people feel sorry for themselves or they get stressed, that doesn't accomplish a damn thing. Uh-huh. Like if anyone in this world – hold on. If anyone in this world can tell me the benefit for, for pity or for, for stress, like what does stress do? It doesn't help solve the problem. It doesn't make anyone feel better. It, it does it nothing. It, it, yeah, it's like an anchor. It's like, hey, I'm sailing along hey, let's throw this anchor out, you know? I mean, it just, it doesn't do anything. And, like, yeah, you yeah, know, that's, that's just kind of, that's one of the best things about me having ADD. Is I'm, <laughs> you can't I'm dwell quick on something. <laughs> I'm that... quick to forgive because I'm quick to forget, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's just, you know, kind of, it's just the way I try to go about things. Like this morning, you know, it's like, okay, I, you know, we didn't shoot a bird, but I learned, you know, with yeah. positives in the situation. I wasn't in an office. You know, I wasn't working. Well, I was working on so the phone with me, but um, I'm always working. But you know, just you know, you learned a little bit more about fog. You know, learned a little bit more about patterns of birds and stuff. And you know, it
0: was a good yeah, thing. yeah, man. Well, I texted you this morning, like, hey, man. And you're like, hey, dude, I'm i uh, I'm goose hunting. Uh, I'll get back to you later, Mike. Cool. <laughs> get after
2: it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you guys, all y'all have in in, in Illinois is white tail, right? Um, I you mean, know you
3: got turkeys, occasionally you'll find a cougar or two. Yeah, there's no hunting. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no that one. Yeah, there, for us
0: for me, it's I'm so involved in my white tail hunting that I kinda abandon every other opportunity I have. I mean it's just turkey. You know, we have fall turkey. I always buy a fall turkey tag. I, I mean we f- got
3: ducks too. <sighs> don't, don't don't forget that. I mean, you know, if, if you ask anybody if they hunt, they're either ducks or white tails here.
0: Yeah, there's well there's a lot of a lot of a lot of geese. There's a lot There's a lot of do. There's a lot of birds to hunt. There's you know, you know we're right between the Mississippi River and the Rock River. There's a lot of fishing. There's a lot of hunting on the river. But I'm just so involved in my whitetails. I'll go after you know if I can get a fall turkey, I'll I'll go for it. And actually, all the turkeys I've ever killed with my bow are fall fall turkeys. Um, Springtime doesn't work out for me for hunting um, the turkeys. Just my spring turkey
2: hunting. Spring turkey hunting, like you know, I look at like the different types of hunting that I do. You know, duck hunting is is my favorite
0: i've never done um, it man i need to do i need to just go out and try it yeah
2: if you don't have time to spring turkey hunt man like you that's one of the things like you gotta like weigh your like how much free time you have
1: mm-hmm. and like
2: what your passions are now because you get on a good duck hunt and things will change
0: i know that's the thing that's kind of like it's like i'm I'm contemplating getting a tournament archery bow yeah guy, well i had advice one guy's like here's the thing I would advise you not to get one. And the only reason why is because you will just spend so much money getting this thing set up and so much time that you'll just be broke. And I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe I should just double up my shooting with my hunting bow.
3: Well, well, well Baker, can, can I pick your brain about uh, duck hunting real quick? Because I, I, I've never done it either. A lot of my best friends, every year they duck hunt. Uh, and I happen to see there's this duck hunting lodge somewhere in Arkansas. And when I say it's a lodge, I mean, this is the Hilton of duck hunting.
4: Is it Stuckart, Arkansas?
3: No, I, what's the name of it? Do, do you Jonesboro? Know, do you know the name
2: Are of it? Are you talking lodge? about, oh,
3: you're, is it in Arkansas or Kansas?
2: Are you talking about, um, damn it, what is the name of
3: it? Um, <laughs> I saw it on uh, Red Arrow TV. This guy was like, they went down there, and I looked at this, and I go, uh... Oh, my God, that's – if I had a billion dollars, I'd have that. Are you sure it's
2: Arkansas, not Kansas?
3: Is it Kansas? I'm pretty sure it's Arkansas. I could be wrong.
2: I've been to Arkansas, and Arkansas, to me, no offense to any person listening to this that lives in Arkansas (laughs) and hunts. Uh, Here we go. The – the problem that I have with Arkansas, and the reason that I, I would not go to Arkansas, um, unless I, it was like a, a friend invited me to his place and he was not a guide, The problem I have with Arkansas is the sheer volume of invaders.
0: See, I could probably Arkansas. Arkansas. My aunt and uncle own quite a bit of, quite a bit of property. In Arkansas, but I've never bothered to uh, hunt in Illinois for deer. I've so. been there.
2: I've hunted Arkansas. And, like, when you. So, Arkansas, you're talking about. I would be. I would venture to say there's a half a million duck decoys that get put out in the early season and don't ever get taken or moved. All right? Mm, okay. so, so, they kind of. Yeah, oh, God, they're bleached. They look like milk jugs, man. And. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, someone new shows up to Arkansas, and I'm air quoting this. That is a duck hunter. Okay, you follow? You follow my drift there? Yep, sure. Yeah, yep. I, got you. I got you all day. They don't know how to set out a spread. They hey. don't know how to blow a call. They don't know how to do anything. Let's just blame Duck and, Dynasty
0: for that, just because we can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and no, dude, I went. I was in. I went to Arkansas in shoot, 1999. And you've got everybody that, you know, they just, they blow the shit out of the calls. that they, they sky bust. Every bird's been called at. It knows what a decoy is. It knows what a fake duck call is. And there's just too many people hunting, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I am grateful for what hunting does for the state of Arkansas, for revenues and all that stuff. But for me personally, zero interest in going back. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you got to weigh your options. I mean, you got, I mean, you've been all over. You can do, you know, if you live in Washington. You can do what you want out there. And oh, I found it's it. like you don't need to hunt Arkansas. I mean, I guess if it's all you had to deal with, you, you know, you would you would deal with it. But
2: oh yeah, but if I didn't have to, so we've got my club. We've got three thousand acres in the Skagit Valley, which is about an hour north of where I live. I got, I've got, uh, and I'll put up our duck property with anything on the west coast.
1: And I, I'm I'm not joking
0: when I say that. Man, what but, do uh? I think you're gonna to have to come to Illinois, and we're gonna to have to go to Washington. Yeah,
1: we're we're, we're gonna invitation. have to we're gonna
3: have to. Show, have you ever hunted uh, whitetail in Illinois
0: or the Midwest? No, I have not. Well, don't act like there's 150 inch around every tree because that's not true either. But no, it's they're not, here; they're around they are every
2: tree. Here. It's every three trees. Yeah, every uh, three trees. So here's what would get me to Arkansas. I mean to Illinois. If you could guarantee me a fall turkey, and then tell me I might get a shot at a dove. No. I am not, I'm not like a, a mega trophy hunter.
1: Uh-huh. You know,
2: I, I shot my biggest deer last year in Texas. My bow is an eight pointer. I'm so proud of that deer. It's an awesome, gorgeous deer. A uh, wall hanger. He should be on this place in the Texas, actually. Um, and then, um, but like, for me, just the experience. So, I, I don't, my thing with hunting is not the kill. You know, it's not the taking of an animal. What I really what really gets me going is the process. It's yeah. that first phone call. It's that first phone call that starts a hunting trip or a get together or something like that. It's the whole like, preparation. There, or that first podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah or the yeah, first it's a, podcast. Ah, it's, it's the preparation, the, the camaraderie, the the Yeah, excitement. it's just the
2: process. And then, like, you know, an animal, taking an animal is, you know, that's the icing on the cake. You so, know, that's the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, but like for me, I just you know like I hunted. I've been to Africa, South America, Central America. I've hunted in I think probably a dozen states in the U.S. And like that's just like get like seeing your buddies, you know, pulling into town or pulling up your house, you know, or all that stuff. Like you know that's just to me and the planning of the trip and that that's what yeah. I get really excited for about
0: for sure. For See, you know. sure. Hey, let's um let's get on. I want to talk a little bit about the hunting film tour because Wait, we're time's I flying. You? I, by. Yeah,
3: we're 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 crunch on time. Can I? I found the name of that place. It's called the Stan Jones Mallard Lodge. Uh, Looked that up. It's incredibly huge, uh, but we want to move past that uh, and want to get on to.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about the hunting and film tour. We're about we got about twenty minutes left, um, so that sounds like a second episode's in the works on this. Because yeah, whenever I have an like episode that. with a guest, and we're just it's flowing so smooth that. You know what I mean? You run out of time. Yeah, sorry, so sorry to
3: cut you off, Baker, but
2: uh, we have... No, no, no constraints
3: no. ...for our, uh, our listeners so, who only have an hour lunch to listen to this.
2: Right. <laughs> so, the Hunting Film Tour, two years ago, I cruised down to Tacoma, Washington. Long trip, to watch the, that, right? No, it's about 45 minutes. To watch the <laughs> screening of the Hunting Film Tour. And I thought it was amazing. And so... What I, did, I got in touch with Gary Gillette, who owns the Honey Film Tour, and I was like, "Hey, I love what you're doing. We want Cliff wants to be involved." So we came on board as a sponsor, and we uh, and I helped with the social media for that and all that stuff. And um, what it is, it's, it's user-generated content, and it's a collection of anywhere from 10 to 12 short films that are submitted. So I think there's a couple hundred films submitted this year, and mm. from that we chose 10. And your average length is anywhere from 5 to 12 minutes long.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, th- what the, the hunting world is producing with regards to photography and cinematography and the, and the filmmaking is out of this world. It mm-hmm. is, it will blow you away. It will blow you away. So this year, the films, there's a, a caribou hunt in Alaska. Uh, there that guy, Jason Metzger, who uh, he took a monster. Uh, that name's ringing uh, a bell.
0: It does sound familiar. Yeah. It does. Is he well yeah. known?
2: Yeah. He he shot a, a monstrous um, ram in Montana. I mean, and and the crazy thing about it is the guy lets one, lets a 180 inch ram walk on the first day. Wow. And everybody in the room that uh, when I was we were watching the last everybody in the room let out this collective sigh. Like, <laughs> oh, it, it it would be like letting a 160 walk. Because you think there's a 165 out there.
3: Yeah. Oh, so he's hunting in Illinois. All right.
2: (laughs) And yeah, exactly. And I mean, it was. And then you know, there's um, there's there's there's, there's one in Hawaii uh, that my really good friend Ben Potter did that's just phenomenal. And then um, you guys, I want to get you guys to get the um, Casey and John from 60th Parallel on. Those guys are phenomenal. I hung out with them in Palmer, Alaska last week. Yeah, They live in Alaska. They're Alaska residents. It is 100% do-it-yourself um, hunting. I mean, just phenomenal stuff. And the cool thing about Casey and John is their last names. Dinkle and Whipple. Sounds like some old accounting firm from, like, 1800s. <laughs> yeah,
3: it really does. <laughs> like, you would see that etched in, like, on a wood-burning thing that is swaying above the doors. Absolutely,
2: so yeah. yeah. Dinkle and Whipple. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah you know, uh, set up with those Sitka, guys. We'll get them on here. Yeah, and Sitka is involved with the Hunting Film Tour, and they put three films in there this year that are really good. So, uh, so so this makes some good stuff, So this man. is
3: the Hillbilly yeah. Aspen, you know, a film festival. Like, this is...
2: Sophisticated.
3: It's uh, So it's sophisticated, but it's like a, just a bunch of short films of hunting, and everybody shows up, and it's like... It's like a film festival, but everybody's like, "Oh, dude, you're you know you're shooting random." What's
0: What's the website to this so the listeners can check it out? Because, it's Tour dot com. Yeah, get on there, check that out. Because there's some guys out there who hate like full blown commercialized like TV shows. It's so this could be the thing. Not
2: at all. Not it. It's, it's so you got 45 minutes, 15 minute intermission, uh, and then there's raffles and giveaways from all the sponsors: Kimber, Sitka, oh, Yeti oh, oh. coolers. Kill Cliff, uh, Boone and Crockett Club, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Tentrick Boots.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, the Boone and yeah. Crockett
2: Club is Optics. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's, it's, just, it's great, man. I mean, it's, you go and you hang out with your buddies and you get to watch some cool films, and I promise you will leave an inspired and better hunter. It will motivate you to go out and hunt a little bit harder and, you know, pay a little bit more attention and, you know, just kind of – just you—it's—it's know, it, it, great, man. I'm a huge fan of it. So wait, going to so be a great success.
3: If if we enter a if we enter a film like because we're awesome, I'll just say it for all of us. <laughs> wow. Uh, and our film draws number one. Will Kimber all send us some firearms because uh, Kimber is a fantastic company.
2: Kimber's great. I'm a huge fan. Emily, who runs her social media, Emily Rachel. They're very good friends of mine. Um, great gals. They sent me a mountain ascent. Which I have over here in my office. I need to go get a scope on it so I can go bust a big bear with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking for a big bear. I'm just looking for a bear. I mean, I'm that, you know, a, a boy growing up in Georgia, you know, Washington State black bear to me, that's just kind of like, you know, just crazy.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I was like, I just want to kill a bear.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, know, I went last year and we saw nine yogi. and I missed one. Yeah, I missed one last year, which was just frustrating as could be. But, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Just great living out here and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, the Hunting Film Tour, uh, Gary's great. Um, all the filmmakers on there, they produce really great stuff. Uh, it's just something really exciting because it I, – I think you can honestly <clears> – <throat> you could put, like, an anti-hunter and let them watch the Hunting Film Tour, and I truly believe it would change their opinion. I don't think they'd fall in love and start hunting, but I think it would kind of show a different side Open of their
1: eyes
0: to do. it a little bit, like let yeah. them see the light a little.
2: Yeah, you know, just kind of let them know that it's not all just like blood and guts and going, mm. we're not running around in a loincloth with a tomahawk trying to, you know, kill well, a deer with a Well, the hammer, thing with you know? the
0: thing with people who don't hunt, they look at hunters, and it's kind of still, it's getting out of it, and, like, things like the hunting film tour and just different, you know, film production is gonna it's going to change the whole outlook on hunters, I think, because there's still kind of that outlook that... You know, it's rednecks running around, missing teeth, shooting guns out of trucks. And it's not that at all anymore. And that's, it's, I think it's changing to where it's kind of like people are seeing the light. Where like, oh man, it's natural meat. It's never been handled. They're going out and getting their own
2: groceries from the woods. And also, you got to think the one thing that's empowered anti-hunters is technology. Because you have hunters talking about what they're doing and showing off on social media, their friends and family, like what they've done. And then you've got these anti-hunters who also are now emboldened with their ability to communicate. And, you know, where 10, 20 years ago, anti-hunters would just sit around and say, God, I hate hunters. Where now they can actually go on social media and voice their opinion and attack hunters.
0: Yeah, everyone um, has a voice now, so.
2: Yeah, so the thing about anti-hunting is, like, you know, we could sit down and explain to them conservation laws and, and how licensing fees go to support wildlife and how hunters are the ultimate conservationists and it's, It's free range meat and all this stuff and, and, and this and that. But at the end of the day, the one thing that we can never justify to an anti-hunter is the taking of an animal's life for fun because there's no way you can spin that into a positive. Like, and that's the thing that like we've got to figure out how to. Can say it's like you know that's yeah. the thing that they don't like, and that's the thing that like you just it's you know you just it's charismatic megaphone. Like I think they there's look a at,
4: yeah. there's a fine line there between fun and passion. When you're passionate right. about something, you're like, gonna enjoy it. Exactly. There's yeah. more, there's more to it than just going out and slinging an arrow or firing <laughs> a gun at a bear or a deer or an elk or what have you, but when you're passionate about it, when you put in the hours, like you're gonna enjoy season, it. Yeah, there's you know, there's more to it. It's just that, reward to your hard work see. is I what will, it is,
0: and everyone's got to love reward to hard work. You know, it's
3: here's here's the here's the thing that I've always heard. All right, there was always a story, or it's this little uh, I, I don't know what you call it, but it was uh, you know there's a, there's a bull in Spain, there are there's two bulls in Spain. One grows up. You know, on a farm, lives its whole life, and dies in a corner somewhere. The other one is on the biggest stage of, an all, stage of them all and has a chance to kill, you know, the, the bull slayer. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it goes out in glory and it's very honored as soon as it goes out. So it's like, would you rather be? Would you rather go out at least fighting or, you know, just die in a pasture somewhere? I mean, you know, it's... It's really no different, you know. If if we're shooting a deer, you know, and it's either the deer and there's a video that you can watch of a a bear attempting to kill a deer. We're not really sure if the deer died, but it's suffering. It's suffering for so long. Well, right. You but have yet, as, you have it, cattle. Well, hey, that are it,
4: that are born to die. Right. They're being born to die. Sh- shocked into a trailer. Uh huh. The trailer is being drove, whether it's 99 degrees or negative 10 degrees, to the slaughterhouse. They're being shoved in a chute, exactly. and they don't know what's going on. They're scared out of their mind. But a big,
3: mature buck or even, even a doe, I mean, if the, the better man wins, I mean, that that's really what hunting is, is you got one up on, on the animal. I mean, it's not... And there's some people who like I'm not going to, you know, sit here and defend everybody that poaches animals cuz I certainly won't. I think poaching's a terrible crime. Uh but when you can when you can use the elements in your favor and take that animal and then you put it in your freezer and then you feed your family for years, that deer that you shot is now in your fridge feeding your family and your family's doing good for people. You know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. It's it's just
4: like it was back in native American
0: days. They didn't
4: have grocery stores. The
0: difference now is you don't need, uh, you don't need to hunt. It's your, it's your option that you want to be blessed. You want that meat, man. And you want, you, you have that passion to go for. I mean, you, it's a necessity for me. I didn't mean it to come off that, that came off kind of wrong the way I worded that. But it's just – it's a healthier lifestyle, man, that's basically all the way –
2: Yeah, and let me say this. Like, if you hear people say that, oh, the Native Americans used every bit of the buffalo? They did use every bit of the buffalo, but they didn't always use every bit of the buffalo.
1: Uh, like, oh, there's yeah.
2: documented there's documented cases um, of Native tongue. Americans doing buffalo jumps, killing sixteen, eighteen hundred 1,800 buffalo – and just taking the tongue out. And that yep. that, that was – Stephen Rinella wrote a book called American Buffalo, which I highly recommend yep. for everyone to read. It's phenomenal. But, yeah, I mean, like – and then, it, you know, it, it, you talk about, you know, oh, humans are cruel. You want to see some cruel shit, watch some videos of elk hunting – I mean, of wolves hunting elk and whatnot and deer. Yeah. Like, they're opportunists. They kill just – wolves are the only animals uh, that actually kill for fun. Yeah.
0: Yep. I watched a podcast or listen, listen and watch on YouTube. Uh, Joe Rogan had a, Oh, I can't remember what some lady from Alaska. She lived up there on a camp and she Uh, actually, she talked about how the wolves hunt up there. She basically lived with them and just talked about life up in Alaska. And I actually, I have like a deep passion. I want to move to Alaska, but I'm just not sure how to like go about it. You know? Um, but I don't really know where I'm going with this. We're talking about wolves and everything like that. Well, what,
1: what, saying,
2: this woman, what did she say?
0: She actually, it's just kind of like the wolves, how they hunt, and that she actually witnessed a pack of wolves kill a grizzly bear, and they ran this thing down. And she basically said, with these wolves, they they keep the way that they can kill a grizzly is they keep it running. And they'll all yeah, work they'll at ex- it. Exhaust it. Yep, they'll exhaust it. One will nip at it. The other one will. They'll do it in there, and they'll nip it. They'll get it on. Them. Nip at it. Nip at it. Keep them running. Exhaust them. And then once that bear's exhausted, they got him. And she said,
2: yeah, "Get, get Casey Dinkle to tell you the story uh, when he was guiding with 60th Parallel filmmaker. His story. He was guiding elk in Wyoming, and they watched a pack of wolves run a herd of elk, and then they separate." They finally got like five of the elves separated, and they were just ran them and ran them and ran them until they were finally just exhausted, and they couldn't run anymore. And they ran them into the snow, and they post-holed them so they couldn't. Their legs were stuck, and mm-hmm. they just sat there and slaughtered them. And, and wolves, wolves is, it's death by consumption. Wolves don't crush the skull or rip out the, the windpipe. They start with the hamstrings
0: and the ass, and they just eat the animal until mm-hmm. it dies. Yeah, and they just ble- it ha- it, by that point, it's suffering until the thing just bleeds ah, out. but it's
3: okay because they're wolves, and that's nature. Apparently, humans can't well, yeah, nature animals hey, in They're on
2: calendars, yeah.
0: Hey, Everyone knows wolves are endangered, Steve.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves are endangered. Yeah, go well, tell that to a pack of wolves in your I, I,
0: I had am. I had someone tell me that wolves were endangered, and I just said, uh, "You should probably shut your mouth because you obviously don't know shit." Yeah, <laughs> I said, "You just <laughs> pissed me off, lady." So I mean, That's I like mean... when
3: people say, oh, "You shouldn't kill white-tailed deer because." what are you going to do to the population well if people have been hunting in Iowa for about 50 years and uh, there's too
4: many deer
0: now people are killing 200 inch deer every year and i don't think you know what that means but it means yeah. deer are healthy so <laughs> you know
4: <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what's more ethical is them being chased down nipped at run down worn out or yeah exactly or us shoot- out there <laughs> practicing
0: or smoked a three hundred feet per second arrow through the lungs and dying. Exactly. So maybe, so
3: maybe <laughs> anti hunters would would appreciate it more if we were all on you know some ATVs and running these animals down to they were too tired and then just started eating them from the stomach out.
4: Well, that would be more <laughs> natural, I guess. I, oh I'm
3: assuming God. so.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Hey, is that is that Baker? Am I too far off from the truth there?
2: No, I, I think people are I think it's um. You know, people they just they don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah. they have a perceived
0: they're so idea from of
2: how things are, and then yeah, you know, they just they don't know. Like, you, they just don't know. You know, and they have opinions. And I mean, you yeah. know, and it's it's
3: something that'll get us fired up. And uh, I I we call, we, we gonna have gonna a call tendency quits. to get
2: to get
0: worked up on. Yeah, stuff I'm gonna like that. I'm
3: gonna call it quits to the anti hunting stuff just because it, it it's it, so it easy to go on a off, rant about it. Yeah. And it's never gonna go anywhere. I hope. But I did no. want to bring up one last thing. Uh, yeah, on Carbon TV, we could see Kill Cliff Outdoors. Can you explain uh, a little bit of that to us? So,
2: to, yeah, on Car- to- Kill Cliff Outdoors yeah. on Carbon TV. So, Caleb Copeland and Mark Woolley approached us three years ago to sponsor um, a TV show they were doing. And I said, well, we don't want to sponsor it. We'll be a partners." I said, okay. So we've partnered up with them and, you know, they already shot about seven episodes and, you know, we, that was our foray into the outdoor TV world. And we're basically – the problem with outdoor TV is that you're beholden to the network and they show it when they want to show it and that's it, you know. And then you got to pay – in the hunting television world, it's kind of backwards. Like in the hunting world, you pay for your TV slot,
1: mm-hmm. but you have
2: to pay the slotting fee. Whereas in regular TV, if it's a good show, they pay the, – the networks pay the, the TV show. Yeah. And so, um, you know, from that, and then we, you know, that's when I met Gary, and then we switched from from wanting to do, we were going to do a second season, and we decided we were going to do short films and stuff. So we've been working on those, and we've got a couple coming out. Um, we did a little duck hunt one that's, uh, or turkey hunt, with, that's on um, uh, Slade North west website. And then um, we've got a really good duck hunt one coming out here in the next few months.
0: And that's on carbontv.com. Um, yeah,
3: is that first season. So, so you guys switch more to the the short films, which they look fantastic. I mean, you know, we were, uh, we're going through everything and, in, and, in, uh, and checking it out. And I, I love the short film idea. I really do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, oh, that's uh, great. For me, that, I think I would enjoy that a lot more. Um, yeah.
2: Go check out, uh, Kana Outdoors, Cana Outdoors, C A N A, Cana Outdoors, and take a look at, um, Ben's Alberta uh, duck hunt with Gary Gillette. Gary's the guy that owns the hunting film tour. They did one in uh, in Alberta last year. So yeah, C A N A Outdoors, C A N A Outdoors. It's really good.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Well, heck, we're getting to the end of our time here, um, Baker. If you're ever in the Midwest, hit us up, man. We'll try and figure something out. It'd be cool, because I think we could easily do a lot, a bunch more episodes, because this hour <laughs> flew by
1: um
2: absolutely so yeah we yeah, say, appreciate you guys having me and um yeah we'll do another one here in a couple of weeks i want to get you guys i want to introduce you to uh to uh, casey and john from 60s parallel and then get gary gillette who actually owns a hunting film tour um
0: yeah man Let's do uh, it
2: on the show so yeah i'll do i'll shoot you an email introduction to, uh, this evening to this guys.
0: yeah for sure all down um guys check out killcliff.com we're in
2: GNC and vitamin shops, every single one in the country,
3: and then grocery stores and gas stations and all that good stuff. Oh, you guys are at GNC, and GNC then, uh,
2: and vitamin shop, yeah.
3: And okay. Also,
0: okay. huntingfilmtour.com. dot com. Um, yeah, and then
2: we're also in Sam's Club, Walmart.
0: Cool. Yep. Check right. them out and uh, um, try know, that out this hunting season. Get some of those bars. Get some of the recovery yeah, drinks. even if
3: you're like, ah, oh, you know, I I don't want to, you know, I don't know how this recovery drink. Just buy the product because it's a veteran-owned product and. How great would would yeah, you how feel? How better if, is that? And yeah, tomorrow's you, at number you can 11, make a veteran so. a millionaire if, just by spending your money. Do that.
0: Well, <laughs> well, deserved. Okay, Steve's. Okay, I just no, and, I, and, I, I'm and, I'm on board. If it, you man.
3: ever see any veteran-owned companies, spend the money, whatever.
0: I'm game for that, Baker. Thank you so thank much you, for man. being on the show, man. Um, yeah, we'll hook back up with you. We'll do another one. It was fun. Yeah,
3: don't don't All hang right, up, don't hang up yet. Uh, we're gonna end the show and then we'll uh, we'll talk to you. So after that. I,
0: yeah, all right, guys. We're probably gonna have another episode tomorrow. I think on schedule. Jordan Hubinski from the <laughs> Bone good Shed, buddy Jordan, Mr. Jordan. Um, he'll be back. He's actually gonna coming to Shirard in He's the studio. He's gonna be a homeowner by tomorrow. So uh, yeah, that should be working out. Um, that'll be up late tomorrow. If you listen to this daily, then or weekly, then tomorrow. So Friday, enjoy maybe your Friday. If
3: you come back to our shoot Saturday, if you're just hearing this, like if you're hearing this Saturday, get in your car, head out now.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so all right. <laughs> i don't know what time you're hearing it thanks guys you know what to do go shoot your bow later later peace out you'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing but as i've learned no matter where i've been tails can be damn tricky Pursuing wild
2: game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m.
1: Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.